Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Brian and Trickin. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian and Trickin, a.k.a. KC Bubba. You can find me on the Twitter at BDNTrick, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. Here to recap your Wednesday action on the dive and get you ready for Thursday, August 10th. Eight games, four day games, four evening games scattered out to get your baseball appetite wet. Let's talk about the news and notes from Wednesday. A couple things out of Reds camp. David Bell, manager David Bell, said Ben Lively is eligible to return from the IL on August uh, 17th, and he's expected to be ready right then. The injury is kind of like a minor thing. I think he's got shelled and they want to give him a breather. Uh, he's expected to be back in the Reds rotation, which could be good. Could be bad, but Ben Lively's coming back on his return date. Another bit of news from the Reds, Bell said, Will Benson is just stiff, dealing with a stiff back. He should be fine, a.k.a. he's day-to-day. Milwaukee Brewers, Carlos Santana missed his second straight game battling an illness. Joey Weimer was scratched from Wednesday's game as he's also battling a stomach virus. So something's going around that Milwaukee's clubhouse. Texas Rangers, Jonah Himes scheduled to face some live pitching over the weekend in San Francisco as he's working his way back from his injury. That could be a nice, quick, uh, quicker than expected return if that goes well. I think he could get a rehab start going uh, really, really soon, maybe next week sometime. Jonah Himes could be back in the next couple of weeks, which would be ahead of schedule for those that uh, stuck with Himes. I know I cut him, expecting a longer absence from Jonah Himes. We'll wait and see how that one keeps going. Nate Eovaldi, more Rangers news, threw off a mound on Wednesday as he's working his way back. He's expected to be back in two weeks, three weeks max. But the fact he threw off the mound and it went well, that's accelerating the return date. He's ahead of schedule now. As long as all things like when he wakes up on Thursday, we'll see how things look. But uh, could be a, a quicker return for Mr. Nate Eovaldi. Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals was scratched yet again with his knee injury. Um, he's citing that he's concerned with the re- it's reacting playing on the fake turf. So we'll see if he gets to play at all before they get back to some real grass. And that's been a problem all around baseball for a while now. People talk about the fake turf, how it affects certain players other, more than others, joints and all that good stuff. Well, it's affecting Tyler O'Neill's knee. So we'll see how that one keeps playing out. Toronto Blue Jays reliever Chad Green, this is a crazy one. He was on a rehab assignment on Tuesday, got hit in the head when the catcher was throwing down his second base for to try to get a base stealer. And now Chad Green is in the concussion protocol. So he was rehabbing to try to return to the Jays. Now he goes to the concussion protocol after getting drilled in the head by his catcher. Can't make certain things up, folks. Tyler Glass now got a shot in his back to hopefully release some of the pain on Tuesday. He played catch on Wednesday. Things went well. The Rays were optimistic he'll return to the mound on Saturday. But they also stated they won't know for sure until Saturday morning because these back issues are always a ton of fun. Well, to the surprise of nobody, especially this Giants fan here that was not happy with the A.J. Pollock trade, A.J. Pollock is to the IL with a grade one plus oblique strain. He's going to be out at least three weeks. 
The earliest he'll return is the beginning of September. This is just gets better and better. I thought the trade was crazy to begin with, and now there goes AJ Pollock. Marco Luciano was supposed to get called up by the Giants, but on Tuesday night, he left his AAA game with a hamstring injury. So when it rains, it pours in Giants land. Arizona Diamondbacks, they signed Aaron Sanchez to a minor league deal, and he was sent to AAA just to get stretched out. D-backs are in some serious need of some pitching depth, and a guy like Aaron Sanchez, we've seen really good stuff. We've seen some poor stuff. It can't hurt the Diamondbacks to give Aaron Sanchez a shot. Shohei Otani, he picked up his 10th win of the season on Wednesday against the San Francisco Giants, also his 40th home run. Shohei is now the first player in MLB history to have at least 10 wins and 40 home runs in the same season. This guy is just a unicorn that I hope everybody really, really, truly appreciates what we're witnessing because I'm not going to say we'll never see it again with the development of players these days, but I don't think we'll ever see it again. This is bonkers stuff from Shohei Otani. Lou Bob, Luis Robert, left Wednesday's game with a sprained pinky finger in his day-to-day. I'd imagine he'll miss a couple games. It all depends probably how he can rip a bat is the way I look at it because he's always DH if worse comes to worse. So Luis Robert, day-to-day with a sprained pinky finger. Merrill Kelly, he left Wednesday's start with a leg cramps. The, uh, the Diamondbacks thought it was going to be much worse than that when he first left the game. But after an, uh, and looking at him some more afterwards, leg cramp, he's day-to-day, should make his next start. Chicago Cubs are sending Drew Smiley to the bullpen. Smiley's been getting strikeouts. It's just been inconsistent with the production. And this is just me purely speculating. But the way he was pitching now is kind of how guys like Steven Matz and guys like Nick Pavetta were pitching before they went to the bullpen. They've obviously Pavetta did the bulk thing, then came back to the, the rotation. Matz is back in the rotation. New lease on life. So I'm really curious to see how things go with Drew Smiley and how the Cubs utilize the situation because they are actually pushing for the playoffs and their starting rotation isn't that locked in. They could really use a veteran like Drew Smiley. So I'm curious to see how they utilize him uh, going forward. Last but not least, the Oakland Athletics are calling up first base prospect Lawrence Butler, the big man, left-handed hitter, hitting 284 with 15 home runs, 21 stolen bases, and an 825 OPS in the minors this season. Big, lengthy guy, some good pop, speed. Could be fun to look at. Uh, just perusing the old Twitter there. And uh, looking at some of the prospect gurus that I really respect uh, on Twitter, they were saying 15-team leagues, pretty much an immediate ad, monitor for a potential 12-team league. Uh, so keep an eye on Lawrence Butler. could give you some corner infield help down the stretch. Underdog Fantasy. Y'all want to make some money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's picking game, you just pick your favorite baseball players, predict whether they go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. You pick two to five players, you get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-L-I-S-T, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Looking at the overnight lines, not too crazy about a lot of them, only eight games, of course, but some of the ones I'm looking at here, Alec Manoa, over two and a half earned runs allowed against Cleveland, sign me up. Kenta Maeda over six strikeouts versus the Detroit Tigers. Okay. And then Ty Block over three earned runs against the Dodgers. The only reason why that one might be sketch, not sure how deep Block's going to go in that game. He could, but if he goes, if he tries to go, tries to go four to five innings, I think three runs or more is in play. But love the Alec Mano over two and a half earned runs. That's one I'd heavily be looking at on this slate. If you want to get extra on here, Bryce Elder over two and a half earned runs against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Looks pretty, pretty nice as well as Elder is not who he was earlier this season. All right, again, that's underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PitcherList, all one word, and you get your first deposit doubled up to $100.
Reminder, you must be at least 18 or over and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. 19 or over in Alabama, Nebraska. 21 or over in Massachusetts and Arizona. Terms do apply. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Some hitting highlights from Wednesday. Jose Siri, two for four, two home runs, two runs scored, and three RBIs. Siri is having a heck of a season. The batting average, not ideal, not great. But still having a great season. Since the All-Star break, Siri's hitting 225 with seven homers, 12 runs scored, and 11 RBIs. He has 23 home runs on the season. He's only hitting like 212. But um, the power is legit. He's even got like seven stolen bases. Plays phenomenal defense, so he plays nearly every day for the Rays. Nice little power source there. If you can ever get the average of like 240, 250, massive fantasy asset here, but still worth it for the power in most formats. Mike Moustakis talked about him a bit here, talked about him on a lot of my other shows. I even wrote about him in recent weeks and waiver wire articles. I've been on this train for a while, and he continues to produce. Moustakis, two for four with a home run, a double, a run, and three RBIs on Wednesday. Hit the big three-run homer to give the Angels the 4-1 to lead against the Giants. Since joining the Angels on June 26th, Moustakis is sitting 285 with seven doubles, seven home runs, 18 runs scored, and 23 RBIs. Moose has been super productive. He's even 12-team viable right now, especially at corner infield positions. He's first base, third base eligible in most formats. Do not sleep on Mike Moustakis. And I'm going to keep talking about this guy until people start respecting him and rostering him, especially in Yahoo formats where he's still like 35% rostered. Zach Geloff, one for four with a solo shot on Wednesday. Since getting called up right around the All-Star break, Geloff's hitting 250, 13 extra base hits, six of those being home runs with 15 runs scored, 11 RBIs, and six stolen bases. The dude is raking. There's a great chance he finishes well over 10 homers and 10 steals in about less than half a season. Big-time production here from Zach Geloff. Make sure you check out the Daily Batters Box article on PitcherList.com for more details on the day's top hitters. Some starting pitching highlights from Wednesday. Did you not think I was going to talk about the no-no? Michael Lorenzen fires a no-hitter on Wednesday night. Nine innings. No runs, no hits, four walks, and five Ks for Mr. Michael Lorenzen against the Washington Nationals. He had 13 whiffs and a 28% CSW. He just continues to get it done. Um, early in July, he started a streak with the Tigers. You're thinking, okay, this can't last for Lorenzen. This can't. It's lasted. In his last six starts since July 6, Lorenzen has thrown 40 and two-thirds innings pitched, five earned runs in those four innings. That's amazing stuff there. 31 Ks against five wins. People talk about how hard it is to find wins. Michael Lorenzen, of all guys, great ratios, five wins, okay strikeouts over the last month plus six starts for Mr. Lorenzen. And his two starts with the Phillies have been outstanding. Graham Ashcraft, he's one of those guys that continues to outdo the peripheral stats, the X, uh, the ERA indicators. And he did it again in Great American Small Park on Wednesday against the Miami Marlins. Ashcraft, seven innings, one earn, three hits, one walk, and seven more strikeouts. The strikeouts are always kind of up and down. That's why I can't buy into him at all. There'll be days he gets three or four Ks, and then days like Wednesday, seven Ks for Ashcraft. Amazing stat line against the Marlins, 18 whiffs and a 36% CSW. Over Ashcraft's last eight games started since June 30th, three earned runs or less in every single start. Seven of those eight starts have been quality starts. The only other one I believe he went five and a third innings. So he was two outs away from getting eight quality starts in a row. Graham Ashcraft. He's thrown 51 innings over those eight starts, 10 earned runs. But here it is, 36 strikeouts. So the strikeouts are still a bugaboo for Ashcraft, but 
He's been outstanding. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. It hasn't yet. It's pretty impressive what he's done of late. And then Jack Flaherty, five innings pitched, three earned, uh, six hits, two walks, eight Ks for Flaherty uh, against the Houston Astros. He had 14 whiffs and a 36% CSW. It was his second start with the Orioles. They changed up his pitch mix, much more velocity on the fastball. Uh, in these two games, he started with Baltimore now. 11 innings pitched, four and runs, 16 strikeouts. He has eight Ks in both starts so far. The strikeouts were an up-and-down thing with the Cardinals. If he can continue to get the strikeouts, you can kind of waver with the, the rest of the production from Flaherty, and he becomes very, very fantasy viable down the stretch. Make sure you tune into the Plus Pitch Podcast with Nick Pollock and read his daily SP Roundup to get caught up on all things starting pitching. Some relief pitching highlights from Wednesday. After getting a breather after a couple big blown saves, Carlos Estevez picked up save 24 on the season with a nice clean inning against the Giants. David Robertson picked up his 17th save of the year for the Marlins as he could get on track there after a rough start when he first got traded. Trevor May, his 12th save of the year for the A's. Dude's been outstanding since the All-Star break. If the A's were a better team, he'd be even better, but still 12 saves, not too shabby. Giovanni Gallegos picked up his ninth save of the year for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jose Cisnero, this is one to keep an eye on, picked up his second save of the year for the Detroit Tigers. Alex Lang was the main closer in Detroit. He has been on the struggle bus of late. Cisnero might sneak in here and get some saves. Again, how many saves will Detroit have chances to get? Who knows? But if you're chasing, could be a guy to speculate on this weekend before the price tag gets way too high. Rysel Iglesias picked up his 22nd save of the year for the Atlanta Braves. Kenley Jansen is 25th save of the year for the Red Sox. Phil Bickford, former Los Angeles Dodgers, now New York Met, picked up his first save of the year. As Adovino started the ninth inning, could not even record an out. Bickford came in and got the save. Jordan Hicks picked up his 11th save of the year, got the save as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays now. They got it with one out, got to come in, one out, boom, gets the save. Good day for Jordan Hicks. Gregory Santos got the two-inning save for the Chicago White Sox, his third of the season. Then Evan Phillips picked up his 16th save of the year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Make sure you read the Daily Reliever Ranks article on PitcherList.com for more information about all things relief pitching. All right, before we take a look at Thursday's action on the diamond, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back to the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. I'm your host, Brian Intrigan, a.k.a. KC Bubba. Again, a four-game early slate, four-game main slate. We're looking at the four-game main slate. It starts at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. Lots of bats. Pitching's bad. Give me Paxton versus Kansas City and Zach Lytle versus St. Louis. That's where I'm looking for now. Kershaw's making his return. Don't know how many pitches he's going to give. We get better news about him going deeper in the game. I'm all about that against Colorado. You got Nola versus Washington. Nola's sketchy these days. So Paxton and Lytle's where I'm going there. 
Uh, Bats-wise, Boston's getting a bullpen game from Kansas City. He's giving me the Red Sox bats. Love me some Rays against Libertor, who's been horrific. And then Philadelphia versus Patrick Corbin. Some things I'm looking forward to on Thursday's small slate. The, 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 the third game of the potential, I would say almost ALCS here, uh, between the Astros and the, the uh, Orioles, Hunter Brown versus Dean Kramer. Kramer's been very good this year, but not consistent, but very good. And there's Hunter Brown, of course. We're looking forward to that one. That's the first game of the day, 12.35 p.m. Eastern. And then I want to see Clayton Kershaw's return. I want to see how he's doing. Even as a Giants fan, love me some Kershaw. So hoping he can uh, finish off this season on the high note for the future Hall of Famer. That'll do it, folks. Another episode in the books. Make sure y'all check out pitcherlist.com. Get all the free, awesome free content, podcasts, articles, and much, much more. And then when you like it so much, go check out PL Plus and PL Pro. You will not regret it worth every single penny. Gets you into the Discord. Gets you even more content, more access to stuff at pitcherlist.com now and in the future. So you won't regret it. PL Plus, PL Pro. Go check it out. But again, that'll do it, folks. I'll be back to you guys tomorrow to recap Thursday and preview Friday's big slate on the diamond. But for now, this was the First Pitch Podcast Thursday, August 10th edition. Hope you all have a great day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.